Look, gonna be honest with you, we don't have time to mess around today. So much has happened this week, and bottom line, this is an episode you're not gonna wanna miss. Week 7 starts now. Welcome to the ESFFL Podcast. Hello, everybody. What is going on, League Mates? Welcome back to another episode of ESFFL, the podcast, a podcast where we discuss the weekly comings and goings of our fantasy football league, as well as give a little bit of fantasy football insight. I am your host and commissioner, Zach. And I am your co-host and co-commissioner, Owen. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. It was a very busy week in our league. Wow. For sure. Man, from start to finish, even all the hype from last week, if you didn't catch that, go see that episode now. Check it out so you at least know what the heck we're talking about coming into this week. But and, man. And shout out to everybody that, re- like, everybody went off this week in terms of making roster moves and just, like, putting everything they can into their teams and trying to really get better. Yeah, the halfway season push is real and people are really trying to make some moves. Even people who are 0 and 6, I mean, person who's 0 and 6, <laughs> has really come up and we're going to talk all about it so stay tuned yep and on that note let's get uh right into the news let's do it weekly updates from around the esffl so first bit of news this week uh we had a team name change josh has changed his name from yo girly likes my kittle chub to the humboldt humble pies and i like that because honestly that was a mouthful josh that's what she (laughs) said and uh I like it. It's an, it's it's very fitting. Uh, I do, with last I do week. like that it's an actual team name too, and not something that I have to just like spew out every time. It's, yeah, it, it rolls off the tongue a lot better. And technically, Josh had like three other team names, but we were not going to even mention those. No, no. <laughs> uh, next up, let's get into the waivers. So we had quite a bit going in the waivers this week. Uh, firstly, Shrimp Fried Geist picked up Matt Prater for three dollars, and this was post the uh, Week Six action. So saw those massive point totals coming from Prater that week, and Huge. thought that he would try to get him a little piece. Uh, the California Golden Yetis, myself, after the Week Six action, I picked up Josh Allen and the Steelers defense. Uh, Josh Allen, I picked up for seven dollars. Steelers D, I picked up for three. No other bids against me on those, so that was pretty nice. Got my players that I was looking for, and I like it. Did you end up holding on to the Steelers' D? No, I ended up dropping them after our trade from last week, which we'll get into a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Oh, <laughs> don't even want to talk about it. Oh. Um, the Fireball Finger Blasters picked up Gardner Minshew for $0 and Zane Gonzalez for $11. The Area 5150s picked up Hunter Henry and Jimmy Garoppolo for a combined $3, so not too big there. And Hunter Henry, as we'll get into a little bit later... Really paid off for you, Owen, so excellent waiver move there. You also picked up Jamal Williams for $22, outbidding David by zero. He also put in a $22 bid, so you guys really tied it up there. This is like our third time where we actually bid the same number, and it's just blowing my mind. Like, yeah. It's like great you guys minds are both think alike. Yep, great minds think alike. You guys are probably just synchronizing over there, and you didn't even know it. We know the true value of a player. <laughs> you do. But uh, you went out on him because of your higher waiver priority, so you got uh, Jamal Williams. Very you happy. also picked up Jacoby Brissett for 7 bucks. You were the only bid on that one. Uh, the Humboldt Humble Pies picked up the Redskins defense and ended up playing them uh, for week six. Also picked up D.D. Westbrook for $1, the only bid there. And after the week six action, they picked up the Giants defense for $3. Luke Wilson for $1, outbidding David again. And Alexander Madison for another measly dollar. Yeah, I like the Alexander Madison pickup. Um, I mean, it's... It's just a matter of time before the wear and tear on Dalvin Cook. I think, at least my my opinion that yeah, uh, you know, I can it's see that. I mean, he's had injuries in the past, and right, it's one of those things. You're only paying a dollar. Alexander Madison has bounced around to more teams this year in our league than I think any other player. It seems. I mean, the guys being picked up left and right just by people like, hey, I'll pick him up. I've got a waiver spot. Maybe Dalvin Cook gets injured. Maybe he doesn't, and he just kind of is an expendable guy. It's a solid handcuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, next up, knock, Team Knock on Wood, if you're with me, picked up Jared Cook for $2, outbidding you, Owen. And also picked up Curtis Samuel and the Broncos defense. And after the Week 6 action this week, he picked up Nikhil Harry for $23. So it was the only bid there. Outbid by quite a bit, but I mean, 
He got a player that apparently he believes in, and we'll kind of see how that plays out going forward. He's going to be coming back from an injury, playing with Tom Brady. Josh Gordon's hurt. It's a good situation. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody else actually bit for bit out for him. And uh, 23 is about and what David's I would probably pay. David's probably surprised by that as well, seeing that he bid 23 bucks. I'd be a little upset, but I mean, at least you got your guy. Yeah, uh, Zeke of Nature picked up the Seahawks defense for zero dollars. The euphoric money bags. Oh, this was a big one. Uh, picked up Malcolm Brown, Whoa. and there were four bids on Malcolm Brown this week. Christian Jeez. won him with a $55 bid, Whoa. outbidding Josh by $28. So quite a bit of a difference there. And Christian ended up not even playing him this week, which turned out to be for the better. But man, how do you spend 55 bucks and not not even start him? And I had a conversation with Christian uh, beforehand, just talking to him like, hey, I mean, if you bet 55 fab on somebody it's almost like you got to make this statement and start him. And when I mean, the way it really turned out for the best, like you said, for him, but 55 is a lot. A <laughs> it lot. is quite a bit of his fab. And I mean, maybe he sees some value going forward with yeah. Gurley's potential injuries all Definitely. the time. And I mean, the if, he wants, if he hangs on to him, it's worth it. But if he ends up dropping him, that will be a laughable moment. I really league. don't think you can drop anybody after spending that much. Yeah, probably not. Tough. Uh, Christian also picked up the Jags defense this week and the Rams defense. So picked up the Jags for eight, the Rams for five, spent 13 bucks on two defenses. Um, so I'm not really sure which one he plans on playing, but I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. If you're streaming, those are two defenses you can probably hold on to. And I think he also has a third defense. Um, so right now he's rolling around with three, I guess if you really want to cut out the whole streaming factor, that's the way to go. But yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you're me, I would go just, you know, holding on to New England and not worrying about it. <laughs> That's a good strategy. They've done pretty well for you. Yeah, all right, I guess. Uh, the Green Bowl Packers, last up on the waivers this week, picked up Greg Olson, uh, bid $5 there and outbid Christian by three. So just a little bit, just paid measly five bucks and you got a tight end. I know tight ends are always hard to come by and when you can get any value at all out of them, you're feeling good. Yeah, oh, Greg. Yeah. And that is all for the waivers this week. Uh, we also had quite a bit of trades go on, and we're going to kind of do this a little bit differently this week, uh, seeing as many of the trades happened after the week six games, and it's kind of the fallout of those games. So we just want to leave those for a little bit later. But before the week six games had started, there were two trades that gone through, both involving myself, and I was able to trade with Diego's team, the Fireball Finger Blasters, I picked up Mike Williams and traded away Golden Tate. And this actually turned out excellently for Diego because Golden Tate blew up. Uh, but I, I really don't think that it's a bad trade for either of us. I think both of them will kind of level out to be somewhat similar of players. And I needed to play somebody, and I ended up playing Mike Williams because I did not want to play Golden Tate in his matchup against, I believe, the Patriots, right? Yes. And it ended up working out, but I still got a player that I, I do believe in. Yeah, and uh, it would have worked out even better for Diego if he had started him. So all those points, I think it was about 22.4 on his bench. Ooh. And like I said last week, I... I don't matchup, even think I realized that Diego benched him. Yeah, like I said last week, it, it came down to that matchup between him and Swoosh on who had the most bench points, and lo and behold... Yeah, Golden Tate's on there, and that's kind of the story of that. Uh, I also traded Owen last week, so after mm -hmm. the podcast was recorded, Owen swindled me out of $9 <laughs> fab. <laughs> and gave me the Ravens defense. I thought, wow, the Ravens are playing the Bengals. I got I to gotta load up, playing Josh. I'm going to need some points this week. And it turned out that they were not an excellent defense that week. They were okay. They got me what I needed, but it wasn't anything spectacular. And I should have saved my nine fab for sure. It almost cost you, to be honest. It did almost <laughs> cost me. And goddamn, Owen, I would have been so mad at you. It was we not wouldn't even intent. be doing this episode right now. I'd I, be doing it alone. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I, I could see that. But I, I really thought that these Ravens defense would have hold, held something along the Cincinnati uh, offense, which was looking just terrible. But apparently not. Ravens D is not looking any better. Are they even, washed? I think even with Earl Campbell and now well, now with the addition of uh, Marcus Peters. Was it? Yeah, Marcus, Marcus Peters. Peterson? Yep. Uh, just Peters. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think it helps, but there's a problem over there with the defense, and it, it's it's a struggle over there. Yeah, I mean, they like I said, they did okay, but it's nothing to write home about, and I, I don't think I got a great deal out of that. So it is what it is. I disagree. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's it for the trades of last week. And like I said, we've got quite a bit of trades that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on. But let's just get right into the recap. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? What happened? Shout out to the fantasy footballers, Mike Wright, for uh, on their podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. It's an amazing podcast. Where we get all of our fantasy football knowledge and, and factoids, all that stuff. It's and, amazing. It's good good stuff. But uh, they actually utilized this a little bit in their podcast. Yeah, they I said today, awesome. what happened? And I was like, whoa. And obviously, they're talking about us. I thought for a second that they were listening <laughs> to our podcast. And then I came crashing back to earth and realized that this is a reference from a movie. Um, but it's a 2003 movie, so maybe they did listen. I'm still going to believe that. It's a Shout pretty, out to the fantasy footballers. It's a pretty interesting coincidence. I don't know. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Uh, the first matchup we're going to get into this week is the Shrimp Fried Geist coming into this one at 2-3 and three versus Team Knock on Wood if you're with me coming into this one at 3-2. and two. And this week's Game of the Week really came down to the wire on Monday night with the Lions versus Packers game that was absolutely blown by the referees. We can do a whole podcast on how bad that refereeing was. <laughs> oh my It was God. pretty bad. But for the Shrimp Fried guys, Lamar Jackson returned to form, scoring 35 fantasy points on the back of 152 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. With other standouts such as Odell Beckham, who had 101 yards, and Stefan Diggs, who had nearly 44 fantasy points on 167 yards and three touchdowns, Steve was able to put up a large point total this week. David's team, however, was able to put together a more well-rounded week with 20 points coming from Rodgers, 29 from James Conner, and 21 from both Carlos Hyde and Curtis Samuel. He also received a whopping 31 points from the Denver defense, which ultimately gave him the victory. David's team has yet again proved me wrong as he moves to 4 and 2. Final score in this one, 164.31 for the Shrimp Fried Guys to 166.24 for David. And we had a lot of the close games coming down to the wire. Uh, like Monday night definitely decided who was going to be uh, taking the victory and this game was obviously the closest. It was I mean seriously down to the wire. And not only did the referees blow the game for the Lions, but they also blew it for Steve, which was upsetting, honestly. I would be devastated in that case because he had a uh, for the record Steve had um carry on Johnson. Yeah. And David had Aaron Rodgers and it was super close. The projections were getting within one point of each other. At one point David was down only 0.4 and you thought, "Wow, okay, he's Steve's really going to come out and get this victory it right was now." Looking and that way. And the referees kept a Packers drive alive, which allowed Aaron Rodgers to score a touchdown, giving him the lead. And then when carry on or when the Lions had a chance to stop the Packers, they again kept a drive alive and carry on was never able to get back onto the field. And Steve only lost by less than two points. So pretty, pretty devastating. And you know that if he had gotten back on the field, that he would have gotten at least a catch. And, you know, that's going to add up really quick. He would probably have enough to win. So Steve really got screwed by the refs in that one. David's probably feeling as happy as the Packers are. Yeah, those losses cut the deepest. And I'm not going to go too much into it, but I'm absolutely heated when it comes to referees in the NFL. Past three years, I've just noticed the absolute trash calls that have plagued the NFL. And it really does impact everyone. When everyone besides the officials know what a, a right and a wrong call is, and yet they do the opposite. It just ruins it. It really does just pull the fun out of all this. Yeah, I don't I mean, enjoy it. It Steve probably feels the same way because not only did it ruin, like I said, the Lions, it ruined Steve's win this week, and he's not able to crawl back. He could have been three and three, knocking David to three and three. This is going to be one of those losses, wins, losses that really, uh, really comes into factor, especially later on in the season when we're only separated by a couple games in the standings. Yeah, like I just hope something gets done by it. We'll see what happens. Maybe this year, if not, it'll probably not happen. Don't yeah, get your hopes up. I'm not. It almost uh, made me forget about the Dallas Cowboy losing. Dallas Cowboys losing the Jets. Yeah. That, oh, do you oh. even want to get into that? <laughs> no. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, next up, the humbled humble pies. Josh coming into this one five and zero. Oh. Versus the California Golden Yetis, myself coming into it three and two, and obviously the humble um, humble pies uh, <laughs> and the undefeated Josh went up against the hot-handed Golden Yetis in what in uh, what was known as the Brother Bowl. This one was close all the way to the end, starting out with, of course, CMC. 
Christian McCaffrey started early producing 21. I mean, when I say early, I mean like 630 in the morning. I was up watching it. Really? I did. I got up to watch Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> well, he absolutely produced with 21 points despite only 31 rushing yards on 22 carries, which is, I think has been his worst of the year, uh, especially against the Bucks D. And Josh was able to match this with Chris Godwin in garbage time, hauling 10 catches on 151 yards. Quarterback play was solid for both teams with Kyler Murray posting 33.6 uh, against 29 points for Russell Wilson. Nick Chubb posted another big game against Seattle, putting up two scores and 122 yards, rushing on 20 attempts with Chris Carson nearly matching for the Yetis, posting 28 points. The even positional matchups continued throughout the roster and victory was barely etched out by really two things. The last minute Mike Williams flex for Zach, who outscored Josh Gordon by eight points, uh, and Amari Cooper going out. Uh, after one catch early for Josh, scoring less than one fantasy point. The fantasy gods have truly spoken, and giving the victory to Zach and his humility in punishing Josh for his outburst last week. Final score in this one, 149.53 to 143.75. What a game. And, sir, taking the dub, despite all the yes. hype, despite all the smack talk. I'm how, not afraid of nobody. I'll did, tell you that right now. I'm not afraid. Quite the hot streak you've kind of accumulated yeah, here. I'm, uh, I'm on a three-game winning streak, and first I beat you, then I beat yeah. undefeated Jared, and then undefeated Josh. So I'm really feeling good about the way my team's coming together, and I think I've I've really put a lot more effort in these last couple weeks into the coaching decisions and really just like going to pick up the players that I think are going to have good weeks and maybe not good a good week two weeks from now but i'm just right. looking at the week that i'm in mm-hmm. and i'm staying level-headed calm cool and collected and i'm just collecting dubs right now so one game at a time that's a exactly, philosophy 100 one game at a time i love it i love it it's it was a great game to watch i kept i know i was checking almost every other minute with yeah that matchup it was and great. like i said earlier i picked up mike williams from diego i was in that trade and I started him. I had to make the move because I just had a feeling. I knew the Patriots game was going to have some inclement weather. Yeah. I did not know that Josh Gordon was going to go out with an injury. Yeah. Uh, that was really tough to see. I mean, I hope his knee's okay. I, I've heard it's okay, and he's doing he's doing well in uh, recovery. But it just sucks to see someone that's really good at football have another injury like that, and it just sucks. But Mike Williams came through for me and had a decent enough game on that Sunday night matchup against the Steelers and got some good points for me. Yeah, and the same thing, you know, as far as injuries go, Amari Cooper. Like, they, they say yeah. right now it's a thigh bruise, but I know he has been dealing with ankle problems and feet problems, and it worries me to see, like, if maybe he misses out this week, that it really concerns me. And I know Josh was frustrated because it seemed like Amari Cooper almost took himself out of the game. Right. And you never want to see your fantasy players just take themselves out. You want to see the grit and that they're fighting to be on the field. Yeah. And it looked like Amari Cooper just kind of sat down and, as a Cowboys fan, did you see that as well? Did you feel that way? The way I saw it, the whole Cowboys team was out there just sitting down. They might as well be on the sideline. They weren't ready for the Jets at all. They haven't been ready for the past three games, but, but I think, that's a whole uh, other story. Rams either, bro. But It's been rough. The uh, the Jets looked a lot better with Sam Darnold, I think. Much better. They're a whole other team, to be yeah, honest. They're, they're really going to start showing up to games, and I've held on to Robbie Anderson this entire time, so hopefully that starts paying out. Uh, I know Le'Veon's probably going to see an uptick in in some points totals here, and I think uh, it's just going to help out everyone on the Jets. Next matchup up, we got the Fireball Finger Blasters at 0-5 versus the Euphoric Money Bags. Christian coming into this one 2-3. With Christian coming off of three straight losses and Diego still winless, this matchup was definitely one to keep an eye on. For Diego, he received a great game from Devonta Freeman, who scored 27 points behind two touchdowns, and Julian Edelman, who had over 100 yards, and Sony Michel, who scored 15 fantasy points on 100 yards of his own. And of course, Patrick Mahomes did his thing, posting a modest 20 fantasy points for the Finger Blasters. But those efforts proved to be just not enough versus the Money Bags, who had excellent performances from Matt Ryan, who threw for 356 yards and four touchdowns, Tyreek Hill, who had 80 yards and two touchdowns, and Thielen, who also scored a touchdown. Fournette added on some 118 total yards, and Christian finally dug himself out of a hole, and Diego remains winless after six weeks. Final score in this one, Fireball Finger Blasters 121.85 to 131.56 for the money bags. And like I said earlier in the show, the bench points were the factor here. That, that, uh... 
who was it that uh, Diego had Golden on his Tate. bench? Golden Tate. Yeah, I mean, it really could have helped because he only lost by 10, and that's really close. It, I mean, it's just one player having a good yeah. week at that point, and Christian was able to just edge this one out. Scored 130, so kind of bounced back. He's moving to 3-3 three and three now. Diego 0-6, so we're going to kind of see how this plays out going forward. I know this sparked a lot of... Uh, trade action especially for diego's team definitely definitely and for swoosh this is probably a a best case scenario for him of where how his roster was developed uh, during the draft and moving forward like his 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 team was definitely a second half of the season team and now it's now that we're nearly at the second half yeah his team is looking healthy i think i don't think there's a unhealthy player on his roster except for kareem hunt who is suspended Yep, and, and he'll be back in just a couple weeks at this point. Right. It's already week seven. I'm actually, I was thinking about that today. Yeah. The season's like half over, man. I don't it's want it crazy. to end yet. It has been flying by. It has. But that really explains why all these moves have been made. Because we're at that point where it's time to nut up or shut up and make the moves if you plan on doing anything in this league. Yeah, 100%. Uh, next matchup up, we had the Highway to Bell. Jared coming into this one at 4-1 and one versus the Green Bull Packers. Hunter at 1-4. and four. This was my favorite upset this week, with Hunter demanding the league put some respect on his name, (laughs) pulling one over second place Jared. This one was a solid team effort on a tougher week for fantasy, with things kicking off for Hunter, but Tom Brady posting up an interesting 22.76 with the two rushing touchdowns and 334 passing on 31 attempts. Uh, David Johnson routed up Atlanta with a rushing and receiving touchdown. Despite what I said last week with Mike Evans, he had nearly 100 receiving and a two-point conversion score on nine receptions, posting 16 points with Julio matching points on 100 yards receiving and eight receptions. Again, a solid team effort from most of Hunter's squad, which uh, could not be said for Jared in the highway to Bell. It was Struggle City despite a 23-point outing from Austin Hooper, catching all eight targets for 117 yards and a touchdown in his flex for the third straight week. Uh, it was sevens for multiple positions, uh, for for Jared, Hunter's waiver wire push two weeks ago has sent him on a very nice hot streak, leaving Jared questioning his squad with a second straight loss. Final score in this one was 139.84 to 105.53. And this one was a great matchup for Hunter. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on the streak right now. And yeah, I, I'm got liking... a second straight victory, and Jared has lost two straight, so two teams kind of seeing a shift in what happened in the first four weeks of the season. And I, I, like I said... You can never give up because look at now Hunter's moved to two and four. One of the teams at the top, Jared, he was four and zero, oh, has now lost two straight, and he's kind of fallen to the middle. And just like I said, you can't give up, and that's just really proof of it. Yeah, Hunter has really just made a, a statement with the moves he's made lately, and I like it a lot. It really go, does go to show you like he can win on any given week. Yeah, the Tom Brady trade of the week before that didn't really pay out for him really paid out this week with those two touchdowns, like you said, and he got 22 points. And just overall, like his team was pretty well-rounded, and I think he uh, earned a victory there. Definitely. Next matchup up, we got the Area 5150s, Owen at 3-2 and two versus Zeke of Nature, Tavo at 2-3. Two, two teams with opposite records faced off here with Owen in the 5150s at 3-2 and two and Tavo Zeke of Nature at 2-3. and three. But Owen's team continued to roll, posting another massive total output. Zeke posted 28 on the back of 152 total yards and a touchdown, and Mark Ingram scored as well. But the difference maker came from Hunter Henry and Terry McLaurin, who both put up 100 yards even and two touchdowns each. Patriots defense also continued to carry the 5150s with 34 more fantasy points added to their already ungodly point total. Seriously. <laughs> For Tavo... 33 points from his quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and 14 from his kicker, Joey Sly, would be be too little as he drops his fourth game of the season. Final score in this one, 177.45 to 112.38. I loved it. I mean, it... I was rooting for Tavo despite him facing me. <laughs> I was rooting. You're just for rooting him. for him as a story. Yeah, I would like, like I would love for it to be a little bit but more. But you closer, smacked him. But I smacked him. I'm, I'm honestly, I feel bad. Tavo. You're scoring a ton of points this week. It's or, every week. You're scoring a ton of points every week. Thank you. Yeah, finally, uh, we're recognizing what I've been saying since the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's like you said. It's every week you got to go into uh, each week a little bit differently. I mean, it's good to have a platform, but you have to be watered. And yeah. it's, it's really a thing like you have to be like 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 we saw with hunter like and it doesn't matter if you're last place or first place you get as long as you just got to keep playing moves, yeah play the game 
Yeah, and you've uh, you've advanced to four and two now. Tavo has dropped to two and four, but that is the end of our matchup pre- or matchup recaps. And I want to get back into those trades now from before. So we talked a little bit about those three trades that happened after the week six action and the fallout of essentially Diego's six loss in a row. So let's just jump right into these because they're juicy. There has been a total polar shift in yes. the league. The Humboldt Humble Pies, Josh's new team name, and the Fireball Finger Blasters completed a blockbuster trade that the league has never seen before. And in this one, Diego received George Kittle, Joe Mixon, and Amari Cooper and traded away to Josh, Devonta Freeman, Julian Edelman, and 100 fab dollars. 100 fab is freaking unrealistic. It is. It's nuts. It's nuts. I, I but I yet I I don't disagree. Like I could see the talent is there. You're paying for the talent. What he really did was said, "Fuck the waiver wire. I'm going straight to the first place team and I'm buying their players from them." Yeah. And I mean, now with Josh has back over his original uh, start off with two I think he's like 246 fab. That's really going to help him out, carry out his team, and stay water the rest of the season. Whoever Josh wants, he's going to be able to buy. Yeah, he's, he yeah, pretty much has a near monopoly for the waiver wire. Yep. Um, and he also added Devonta Freeman, who came off a good week, and Julian Edelman, who also came off a pretty decent week. So Diego, really, he's buying the fact that Joe Mixon's going to get better and Amari Cooper's going to be healthy. Yeah. Other than those two factors, I think it's a great trade for both, and I don't really see... Uh, Amari Cooper being out for too long and I think better days are to come for Joe Mixon I mean it can't get worse right that is the fact right there but for me I have two issues with here Uh, 100 fab I feel like you could have done this equally for 50 I think that would have yeah actually I was talking to Josh about it Um, Diego just came to him and said 100 bucks he never they never even bargained over it uh, Diego just came to him, said, I'll give you 100 fab in these players. And Josh said, all right, let's do it. Yeah, no, I would I would say the same thing right on the spot. I and would, this just kind of goes back to Josh's frustrations with Amari Cooper and Joe Mixon because he started them both against me. And they're essentially the reason that he lost because we weren't Banished separated him. by too much. And Josh said, get off of my team. <laughs> and him. yeah, he got a different running back, different receiver. So he's feeling a little bit better in that for him. And I know uh, Diego had to make some moves and felt pressure too. Got one of the top tight ends and a really good receiver. One last thing to point out for Diego, the real downside here is now he's at three fab for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's really not going to be able to make any fab moves. So he's going to have to rely on his team being healthy and staying healthy because if he has to fill a spot, he's not getting anybody. It's at least highly unlikely. And also streaming defenses. That's going to become a little more difficult now without any fab. I know most of the defenses that were picked up this last week went for like three bucks. So just having that $3 just to kind of inch you along throughout the season, I think is important. But Diego had to make some moves and I respect it. We'll see how it turns out for the both of them. Uh, Diego also traded with Highway to Bell this week. So Jared. And this one, another blockbuster trade. So Diego received Robert Woods, Philip Rivers, and Aaron Jones, and traded away Alvin Kamara and Patrick Mahomes. So his top two players on his team are now on Jared's team. What do you think, Owen? I think Diego really made a statement here as well, saying that look, I'm not. I'm 0-6. Something needs to be. Something needs to happen. Something needs to be done. And if we look down the list of what he's acquired through trades the past week. George Kittle, Joe Mixon, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Philip Rivers, Aaron Jones. This is a whole new team. It's a whole new team, and I I do like it. Uh, yeah. Because now it's almost like he drafted, like with a regular strategy of taking a quarterback late. Right. Instead of kind of crippling his team, which we saw happen going the quarterback early, it's not a great draft strategy, and I think that kind of played out for Diego in mm-hmm. those first six weeks of the season. Right. But now he's made some moves, got some more players that are going to be able to plug in positionally and maybe earn him a little bit of uh, victories here in these coming weeks. My only issue with this one is for Jared. At 4-2, and two, I understand, like, you know, dropping the last two games, you got to make some moves. But to give up that talent for Kamara and Patrick Mahomes, it left the rest of his roster with a lot of holes, especially in the wide receiver position, leaving yeah. with one. He has one wide receiver. Me and Jared were trying to trade quite a bit today. We were going back and forth. I'm sure he was trying to trade with everybody, though. I mean, even I, other people. I, even I going against him? 
offered him a couple of trades. Yeah, just because, I mean, you have to. Yeah. Were you trying to get Kelsey? Yeah. yeah I was I, trying to get Kelsey. I almost too. pulled him away, but I just... Uh, uh, he ended up wanting to trade me just 27 fab straight for Mike Williams, and uh-huh. I didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't really need the fab, and I do need the positional players. Right. And I don't mind seeing another top team struggle a little bit, to be honest <laughs> with you. So if Jared drops some games, I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, and lastly... The area of 5150s, this was just right before the recording of this podcast, and uh, Team Knock on Wood, if you're with me, traded Keenan Allen to Owen for Hunter Henry and Terry McLaurin. So, Owen, I'm going to let you kind of break this one down and tell us kind of how it happened and what you guys were both thinking. Sure. Uh, well, it started off, David texted me. Uh, he wanted, uh, he was very interested in Hunter Henry, especially after his last game, coming back healthy. Uh, this year he's a very talented individual the way i thought about it is like if he really wants hunter henry there's no use in having two wideouts or basically wideouts uh for the chargers so my interest obviously gravitated to keenan allen and i kind of look back and he's a talent he's an absolute talent um so for me it was just about sweetening up the pot obviously a one for one is not kind of gonna get it done there so i threw in terry mclaurin who's a great receiver um but for me i feel like you know having Evan Ingram coming back was what really did it for me. Him practicing in full today uh, is what made me realize, like, you know, Hunter Henry. You don't really need a tight end anymore. And I got him for $2. Potentially (laughs) you upgraded the receiver spot just on the name value. True. But what I don't know, Owen, is Terry McLaurin much worse than Keenan Allen? Like, could you not have just kept Terry McLaurin and been fine? Because he's he's performing more... uh, I guess more consistently. Yeah, and, and I would say so, but for me, the way I see it is that's Kate, that's Case Keenum numbers, and that's Jay Gruden Case Keenum numbers. Even this last week, yes, two touchdowns, hundred hundred yards, but Bill Callahan wants to run that ball, and now that Geis is coming back uh, here soon. I just I don't see them throwing up the ball, and that's if Case Keenum is the quarterback the rest of the way through. Yeah, it's just I tough. mean, at least you know that Philip Rivers is going to be the quarterback, that's and you kind of know what you're getting out of Philip Rivers, and so I, I can see both ways, and I, I like both trade I like the the trades for each team. I think it's gonna turn out pretty well for both of you. I like that David got a good tight end, got a good wide receiver, and just traded away Keenan Allen, so he got some value that he needed, and you got a star receiver. It was interesting though because I did notice David has Darren Waller, and him being a Raider fan, I really didn't see him separating away from Darren Waller at all, and. Matter of fact, not even five minutes after this trade went through, a notification from Sleeper told us that Darren Waller is going to be extended for the next, was it three or four years They now? paid him a billion dollars. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> so now he has two. Absolute... I just want to say on that note, sorry, Owen. Go ahead. They paid this man so much money, and I don't even think he has a touchdown yet in his career. I think he has one. I don't think he has any. Really? Yeah, I think he just has yardage and catches. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's kind of crazy. But the Raiders are known to do some crazy things, so it doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. no. But we... maybe David's going to kind of go with the strategy like Hunt or, uh, like Jared has been using uh, and playing up. two tight ends. I mean, it's not a bad strategy. When you've got two great ones, you can do that sort of thing. Yeah, it's an easy uh, flex option for sure. Or he tries to turn Hunter Henry or Waller into some more pieces, trades him away. We'll kind of see how this plays out in the next coming weeks, but I like the moves for all those teams involved in the trades, and that's exciting stuff, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yep. Next up, uh, we are going to get into the podcast Pick'em. So, Ooh. as you all know, me and Owen have a ongoing bet, go picking the matchups of the year, and this one was a very close one. So, Man. Yeah, we both got three correct this week, and the difference here... I was so close to getting the Steve pick right, which would have separated us four to two, tying the the total back up. So right now the total is 16 to 18. Owen's beating me by just two. So I would have tied it up. Devastating for myself. The refs screwed me. They screwed Steve. <laughs> and they screwed the Lions. They are screwing everyone out here. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Damn. Yeah, that was frustrating. But yeah, good, good week. Can, I mean, good week. Yeah. we picked three. Uh, got three right each. Only lost two, so not too bad um next up we are going to update the rankings and i do know where you stand 
And we're going to switch things up a little bit going forward because we had some uh, studio confusion a bit. With I was the, a little confused, With man. the order of the power rankings and the standings. So we're going to be doing the power rankings first. And should I do these from the bottom or from the top, Owen? You know, I would prefer you go from the bottom. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, Owen, and in 10th place. Oh, and I just want to preface this real quick. We had seven people vote this week, so shout out to everybody in the league except those three of you bastards that didn't. But I do appreciate the seven that did, and, and a, yeah. we got a really good average except for a couple things we'll talk about afterwards. I have a feeling you're going to know who voted in this thing, <laughs> and it really shows why it's important to vote. Yeah, so in 10th place, Diego. In 9th place, Tavo. In 8th place, Hunter. In 7th, Christian. 6th, Jared, fifth, David, fourth, myself, third, <laughs> Steve. Wow, Steve, you're really looking good this week. <laughs> in second place, Owen, and in first place, Josh. So, what the hell? <laughs> Zach, apparently you're like fourth. I mean, I, I mean that's not bad, but Steve <laughs> is not third. I'm sorry. Okay, what happened, though? <laughs> is that Steve lowered his average by scoring himself first. I'm just going to assume it's Steve. I don't know if it is, but I don't know who else is putting Steve first. So Steve dropped his average quite a bit and moved himself into the third place spot on the power rankings. No integrity, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no integrity. <laughs> the integrity of the power rankings has been lost, and I don't know if we'll ever get it back, but it's still fun, so it's all good. It just proves to show, like, if you vote, your, your numbers might fluctuate a little bit, you know? Yep, maybe so. Um, and on that note, let's get into the real standings now where the most important stuff happens. Some things and, are definitely shaken up. Yep. In first place here, we got Josh still at five and one. So just that one loss hasn't knocked him out of the first place spot. In second place, Owen at four and two. In third, myself, the California Golden Yetis at four and two as well. So I've moved up, uh, I believe I was fourth last week. So I've just moved up a spot. David has also moved up. He's also four and two in fourth place. Jared at four and two in fifth place. So he's dropped quite a bit now. That's off the point totals. So he's quite a about fifty-five-ish points away from me and about forty-five away from David. So just just right there, but puts him in fifth, still in playoff contention. In the final spot of playoff contention, the Euphoric Moneybags at three and three. In seventh place, Steve at two and four. In eighth, Hunter at two and four. In ninth, Tavo at two and four. And in tenth place, Diego at 0 and six. Yeah, and some key notable uh, point differentials here. Uh, first of all, uh, with myself, first one to hit the thousand mark. Oh, so, congratulations, first, Owen. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, uh, thousand three. Nice job. Josh isn't too far behind with, uh, it was like 66 uh, points behind me on that aspect. But also, what is interesting, at the bottom of the list here, Diego and Tavo are actually tied at point totals at 716, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, Diego has the most points scored against him in the league by yeah. by a little bit here. Yeah. He's uh, already at 900 against, so that's kind of also the, explains why Diego's lost so many games. He's played all the best teams, so now going forward, maybe not all the best teams, but quite a few of them. And so going forward, he's probably not going to be seeing those big matchups, and maybe he can get some victories, especially with the moves that he made with his team. Yeah. And it's exciting to see. I love, I'm starting to kind of ride with this whole point difference, uh, kind of being a tiebreaker, and I'm kind of liking it. Yeah, I do like it as well. And it's easier to keep track of because it's hard to remember who beat who and who did what. And definitely it helps just seeing those point totals. And I do like it. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, let's just get right into the preview. Exciting stuff. And wow, okay, so week seven, everybody. It's that time of the year. We're in uh, the halfway, more than halfway through our fantasy season. Man, it kind of brings a tear to my eye. A little bit, just <laughs> just a single tear. <sighs> and the first matchup we're gonna discuss this week: uh, the Humboldt Humble Pies at five and one versus Team Knock On Wood. If you're with me, at four and two. So in this one, Owen, and remember, uh, this one we do live, so we're just kind of looking down everybody's teams, kind of giving a fresh take just of what we see. So if you don't have your roster set, 
this is that's what's going to reflect it. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, everything's, your people. everything's subject to change, obviously. But what we're seeing right here is what they have on paper as it is now. Yep. And for Josh, he's going to be starting Russell Wilson again versus David having Aaron Rodgers. So two good quarterbacks going. Well, it's actually Aaron Rodgers and the offici- uh, officials. Oh well, they are playing yeah. Oakland, so I mean, if they're gonna be calling uh, penalties on the Raiders, I would not be surprised by that either. I can foresee that. Yes, uh, Josh is going to be starting the newly acquired Devonta Freeman and Todd Gurley against Marlon Mack and Devin Singletary, who's returning from that hamstring injury for David. Got the great matchup against the Dolphins this week. Uh, in the receiver spot, Josh is having Allen Robinson and Julian Edelman versus Michael Thomas and T.Y. Hilton for David. David has Darren Waller versus Josh's Gerald Everett. And in the flex, we got Brandon Cooks and Christian Kirk versus DJ Chark and Hunter Henry. So, Owen, the point total in this one, the projected outcome, uh, David's actually projected to win 124 to 117. So how do you kind of see this one playing out? That's big time, especially going against Josh. Um, I think for sure the buys, the buys are going to have a huge effect on this one with yep, Nick Chubb. Not having Godwin or Chubb for Josh is, is going to hurt. His two uh, stars. Yeah, absolutely. Probably his two best players through the first six weeks. Yeah, they're definitely the cornerstones of his team, and I think that's going to show what the rest of his team is kind of made of. Uh, with Devonta Freeman getting the start there against his Rams, which if you asked him last week, he would have never done. Uh, but Todd Gurley, who is coming off that injury, that very, uh, you know, questionable injury, um, against Atlanta. Yeah. He, he's still up in the air to play. Cause I don't know if he's been practicing or he hasn't been practicing fully. So if Josh needs to make a move right there, he's, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And for David, uh, like I said, Aaron Rodgers and the officials are going to go against Oakland, uh, which I do like. I don't see him surpassing Russell Wilson. I do love the Devin Singletary play against Miami. I think he's going to be putting on a show over there. Um, The difference for me uh, in this matchup, I think you got to look at the the, the flexes. And as it stands right now, you have Christian Kirk, who is doubtful, who I'm trying to see who he can actually replace him with. And I mean, it, that's just as tough looking at his roster. I mean, maybe D.D. Westbrook against Cincinnati, um, but we'll have to see how that plays out. I do like David's uh, flexes. Hunter Henry, like we were talking about earlier, getting that flex start. D- uh, and D.J. Chark getting that start against Cincinnati. So if you're asking me on who's going to be taking the dub in this one, I'm going to agree with the projections and I'm gonna put more respect on David's name because this one is... I think it's a statement game, and I really think that David's going to have to, if he wants to be considered this uh, as a as a bye week potential uh, for the playoffs, he's got to take this dub today. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm also going to pick David, and I, I, I like what you said about the flexes. I think those are going to come into effect. And um, if Josh's team, if some of those guys don't end up playing, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yep. So we both picked David on that one. Next matchup up, the California Golden Yetis at 4 and 2 versus the Euphoric Money Bags at 3 and 3. So this week I'm facing off against Swoosh and the projections, I've been looking at them all day and they have gone so up and down that I don't even know what to do. Me and Krishna projected really close, only a 3-point difference right now, less than 3 actually. And in this one, I'm starting Kyler Murray again uh, versus Matt Ryan for Christian. My running backs this week with McCaffrey on a bye, I have Chris Carson and Frank Gore, who's also playing the Dolphins, so I just had to play that matchup for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Saquon's coming back, so that scares me, and Leonard Fournette, so Christian's got the obvious running back advantage based on just total name value and what they do every year, so I'm a little worried about that. But in the receiver spot, I've got Cooper Cup, Larry Fitzgerald versus Tyreek Hill and Adam Thielen. So again, name value, Christian's got it. But the matchups in my favor are green and his are red. So that could come into effect. That's one of those things that I've been looking at in these last couple weeks, trying to play the good matchups versus the good players. And I'm going to have to come out shooting again. In the tight end spot, I've got Mark Andrews versus Christian's Jimmy Graham. In the flexes, I will be flexing Auden Tate this week for the first time. And Tevin Coleman versus Derrick Henry and Melvin Gordon. And man, Melvin's been uninspiring. Yeah, that this huge outburst that he was projected to have, that people were so hyped on him, it's kind of been a letdown, and I yeah. can I can see that. And I I was actually a big fan of Austin Eckler when Tavo traded him a couple weeks ago. 
thinking that that that's going to be a timeshare for the both of them, that they're going to be splitting the carries and kind of splitting the work in general. Obviously, the injury to their center doesn't help at all, but it's just not been what you expected holding on to Melvin Gordon for so long. No, and for the defenses, uh, I'm starting the Bills defense against the Dolphins. They're projected 20 this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and Christian will be starting the Jaguars projected 9 against the Bengals. So in this one, Owen, with all that said, who are you taking? All right. Well, looking at it, um, my highlights, of course, like you said, uh, Swoosh is going to be has a Saquon Barkley coming back off, like we said earlier, practicing uh, in full. Leonard Fournette, uh, Derek Henry, Melvin Gordon. If you asked me last year, if you had somebody starting <laughs> like this, they'd be an instant win. But this week, it's tough because the matchups truly are in your favor across the board, especially the Bills. So even though this is a statement game for swoosh in his second season or second half team i i gotta give it to you you've been on a hot streak man and i wish i could would defer here just for the the, the just pick to em. have the pick em, yeah but hey i think it's a good pick and i'm also picking myself because no. i never pick against myself what why would i do that i believe every week that i'm putting the best team i can out there i'm fighting i like it uh, next matchup up we got the shrimp fried guys at two and four versus zeke of nature at two and four as well so in this one two bottom teams they're not doing so hot lately but uh it's okay because it's a long season and we still know there's plenty of time but steve's got lamar jackson versus deshaun watson so the battle of two solid quarterbacks there steve's got carry on and <clears throat> david montgomery versus tavos austin eckler and philip Lindsay in the wide receiver spot we got Diggs and a bye week more who's he gonna sub in nobody nice <laughs> and tavo has uh hopkins and gallup in the tight end spot we got zach Ertz for steve versus delaney walker for tavo in the flexes we got matt Breda and james white versus tyler boyd and probably damian williams i would imagine so man this one's gonna be close as well tavo's gonna have to replace a kicker uh what do you think about the projections of this one owen it's 111 to 104 in favor of steve and honestly, I would probably agree with that. I'm going to take Steve this week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, early call. Early call. And I would see that too. And I would bet if Tavo, if you're listening, you probably just got notified that you need to update your ticket <laughs> spot. So I'm hoping you're listening and I'm hoping you're doing what we're telling you to do. Um, <laughs> bye weeks are going to be uh, an atrophy for Tavo a little bit as, as uh, for Steven. But, you know, Lamar Jackson... He, he's hot and he's warm. He's, I mean, and there's he's had a couple of cold games, but in Seattle, I could see him putting up a good fight. I'm going to give the upper hand to Deshaun Watson, actually. I see them having a great game against uh, their division rival in Indy. Uh, and I think the four, Tavo, I'm trying to see some upside here. But I don't see a lot. <laughs> so um, take Steve I'm going to well. take Steven in this one. I think this is a game that he absolutely needs to win. Man, we are the same on all of these. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good week. But yeah, I mean, we could all we can be equally as wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next matchup up, we got Highway to Bell at this four and two versus the area 5150s, also at four and two. So you're facing off with Jared this week and. He's lost two straight. Have you won? You won two straight now as well, right? Yeah. Yep. So two teams going in opposite directions, facing off here. You've got Wentz versus his now newly acquired Mahomes. So you worried about that? I actually like Wentz and Dallas, and that's coming from a Cowboys fan. Dallas's defense. I've been trying to find some sort of sh uh, shard of hope, just just a little bit. But you have to play him. The Dallas defense has not been very good lately, and I think Wentz is probably a good start. I'll happily start him. Yep, you've got Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Jacobs in the uh, running back spot. Jared's got Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, so four great running backs for you guys there. Love but it. he's got the empty receiver spot, so it's hard to judge what he's going to do right now. You've got uh, Brown from the Bills and Tyler Lockett from the Seahawks, and you also have in the tight end spot Evan Ingram versus Travis Kelsey for Jared, and he's going to be flexing again Austin Hooper. Also got Le'Veon Bell coming back versus Will Fuller and Mark Ingram for yourself. And then in the defensive spot, you've got the Patriots versus the Niners. So two elite defenses. And I think this one will probably be pretty close. The projections have it 
135 to 120 right now. But like I said, no receivers for Jared. So he'll probably, after the projections go in, he'll probably actually be projected to beat you. But what are you thinking this week? I honestly, even with him filling in those positions from the waiver or trade, I don't see him coming over uh, to on the projection side. I just, it's hard to to just fill in those two spots. And, it is, and and I'm even thinking long term here, it's going to be tough. I mean, you have Jarvis Landry, that's your lone receiver on your whole roster, so moves are going to have to be made. I'm interested to see how it's going to go. Obviously, I'm picking myself this week, but it's really going to decide on what he does and what moves he makes for that wide receiver spots. Yeah, I'm going to take you as well because I, I agree with what you say and the, and the fact that ha- not having starting receivers, it's going to be difficult to replace that, especially at this point on the waiver wire. There's not a whole lot out there, and I, I'm going to pick you as well. Yeah. So we're still all the same in these. Man, we should just, for the heck of it, just go opposite on this next one. In the last matchup, we got the Fireball Finger Blasters at 0-6, Versus the Green Bowl Packers at two and four. Well, if we really want to fight it up, you can go ahead and pick Diego. I'm picking Diego. Oh, well, then I will pick Hunter with a smile on my face. Diego, I believe in you, my friend. You cannot lose seven straight. You can do it. Well, let's kind of look into this. It's a 122 to 116 projection with Diego actually taking the projection this week. That is with Greg Olson for uh, Hunter actually on a bye. Um, So he's going to have to fill that in. Um, despite that, Diego's going to be starting Gardner Minshaw. Minshew. Minshew. I like him. He <laughs> definitely looks like a Minshaw. Minshaw. <laughs> He's also starting Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon versus Hunters David Johnson and uh, Jordan Howard. So I think I would give that running back advantage to Diego. I know Joe Mixon has not been stellar, but he's playing against Jacksonville this week. who has been pretty easy against the run, and I think he probably will get back on track a little bit. He's got his new receivers, Amari Cooper and Robert Woods. Cooper may not play, may play, who knows, but if leaving him in that spot at the 520 game, you're playing a little bit of a risk, but if he ends up playing, it's going to be great. But we'll probably know before that uh, who if he plays or not, so I'm sure Diego will make the appropriate move. In the wide receiver spot for Hunter, though, he's got Julio and Cortland Sutton, two great receivers. Cortland Sutton has been quietly one of the top guys in the league, and he's having a great season so far, so... In the flexes, uh, we got Golden Tate and Sony Michelle for Diego versus Royce Freeman and Calvin Ridley for Hunter, and really close positional matter, close uh, kickers and defenses. So we already kind of gave our picks. I'm picking Diego. You're picking Hunter Owen, and I'm excited to see how this one plays out. I think Diego gets back on track, gets his first victory, and maybe not even the last. The way I see it, Hunter has been on a hot streak for a reason. He's playing uh, outstanding. Uh, I think. For sure, Julio might... Well, Julio actually was somebody I was high on before this Jalen Ramsey trade, which was blockbuster. And now that I'm I'm assuming he will be covering Julio this week? Probably, yes. I uh, mean, I, I can't imagine that Jalen Ramsey doesn't play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's going to have to learn the defense, but hey, just cover Julio. Just tell him that. Yeah. Do I, your best. He does it, and he does it well. He, I mean, to me, he's one of the best cornerbacks that we've seen in our generation. Yes. Yeah. And so it's going to be tough. For Julio. And, yeah, I love what I love about the Jalen Ramsey edition is that this is just kind of a little tangent about the Rams, but man, the Rams defense is so soft. So I love that we got a player with some grit and some attitude yeah. to maybe fire up that defense a little bit and get them playing how they should. Much needed. Much needed. Yep. But, but that good. is that sorry, Owen. That is all for the preview this week. Um like I said earlier on. We're going to have a special guest. I actually don't know if I mentioned that in the episode, but in the group chat I did. So the special guest this week. The winless Fireball Finger Blasters owner, Diego. Yes, we're going to be having a state of the franchise, which is something new we're going to be introducing to the show when one of us becomes the top scorer. Because it's just far too common at this point. Yeah, we're just too great, (laughs) obviously. But we're going to bring Diego on, and he's going to have his own little press conference, basically. So I'm excited to see how it goes, and uh, I'm excited to see what Diego has to say about all of those moves that he made this week. All right, everybody. So like I said, we've got Diego on the line today. We're going to be doing a special interview with him, uh, basically a state of the franchise. Diego, as the owner of the Fireball Finger Blasters, is going to talk to us, the people. And he's just kind of got an open statement here, and we just want to give him the floor. Thank you, uh, Zach, for that introduction. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll make this quick. You know, I'm about to hop on another flight, hop on my jet, talk to some more owners. <laughs> um, you know, moves are still being made. You may think it's funny, but we're still in this thing. When you look at the standings, you see there's still an availability to make the playoff run, make the championship happen. As we all know, David last year, as I was undefeated last year, you know, 6-0 and in the league, and uh, David also was 0-6 and rallied back and actually won that championship. So uh, kudos to him for paving the way for people like me, um, you know, who are we're in that rebuilding mode. You know, let's just be honest, we're rebuilding. Um, we got a lot of new guys we're excited for, um, and we've got some good guys still on the team that, you know, we're happy to have around. Um, but as we have seen, you know, nobody's uh, set, you know, as we're a team, but there's not the one person on the team who's, you know, who's not going to be held accountable. And if you're not, if you're not going to be accountable for your job, then you might just lose it. And I um, like that you're kind of building a strong culture around around Fireball, and you're kind of like, you want a team that's going to be performing and be proud to yeah. be on your team. Yeah, we we have a rich history, you know, founding member in this league. Uh, a lot of championship games we've been in, a lot of exciting exciting moments. Um, you know, some play, some great ones who were on the team in their you know in their, in their heyday. Looking at Adrian Peterson, remember at the time I had him, he was the highest scoring running back, the number one in the league, and I had Calvatron. AKA Calvin Johnson, AKA Megatron, you know, on the league, on the team. And uh, he was also number one receiver at the time. So a lot of great players have been through these hallways. Um, and we're keeping that, that history down. We're, we're excited for it. We're staying focused. We're staying the course. Um, and, you know, you guys may think it's funny, but we're, we're not losing sight. We're not losing sight of what we came here to do. And that's win. So, so and win the championship, most importantly. So, Diego, uh, Mr. Fuego. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Who is this? Who uh, is this talking? This is Owen, uh, Lee, uh, owner of the uh, Area 5150s. Um, I just oh, really, yeah, wa- yeah, yeah. Just really want to know what was the it? redhead guy, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, Mr. Fuego. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I really want to know what do you think? You know, you're doing a good job out there, kid. Keep it up. I, I appreciate it. I really do appreciate we, we it. We see that over here. I'm trying to get that dub. Um, want to know what do you think? was part of the downfall in this beginning half of the season for your team. I mean, obviously you made some moves here last week, but what do you think was the biggest credit to the struggles that you've been kind of facing? You know, just based off of what we were seeing in the preseason and what we've seen in previous seasons, um, you know, we were counting on a lot of guys to do their job, and some of them just couldn't step up uh, and, and maintain what they were doing, that performance. And we had a bunch of guys, you know, sitting out, waiting to get their turn to play, um, and when they got their turn to play, some of them showed up, some of them didn't. And it's just kind of been that case going on right now. You see, we've had a lot of great players on the team, a lot of, you know, pro bowlers, guys that know how to win. Um, do you think it has anything to do with being too sauced up on hard seltzers during the draft and taking a nap? <laughs> um, to an extent, you know, towards the end of the draft, I started getting, you know, a little bit, as one might say, inebriated. You know, I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> um, we were just we're just have fun with it on this side as well, you know. We we like to work hard, have fun, stay. Committed. Hey, they party down in Fireball. I know that. I'm sorry. What was that? I said they party down in Fireball. I know that. Oh yeah, you know, there, there's a good time, but there's a time and place for everything, and you know, right now it's season time, so we're focused. So Diego, quickly tell me about some of those moves you made. I know you traded away Mahomes, traded away Kamara. Do you think that you're gonna have uh, players that replace that value and maybe even more? Oh, definitely uh, aiming for more, um, and we're excited for them. Like I said, we're excited for these new guys to come on in and start doing their thing. Uh, I, I know we've had some crazy trades, some some sketchy stuff. You know, I'm looking at Amari uh, Cooper, like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? But I saw a high risk, high reward. You know, we're in that kind of chance where we got to make that thing happen. Um, we can't take the easy route anymore. we got to go straight up, and uh, that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, definitely pulling for that. I know we said goodbye to some good guys out there, but uh, – we wish them well. And for the record, I respect these moves you made. I like them, and I know yeah. it, it shows me that you're not quitting, and we're only six weeks in, and like we've said countless times on this podcast before, you just got to keep looking forward, and it's the next week that's most important. And I think that uh, after losing those first six games, you've completely flipped your team, and it's a totally different look around uh, the finger blasters. Oh, yeah, it's totally different look, exactly. Not Definitely not the guys that we started with. Um Definitely not your mama's team. Hell no. <laughs> one one other thing I wanted to ask. With $3 fab total going through the rest of the season, how do you plan on ma- maneuvering through the rest of the of the, of the regular season? 
Oh, you know, well, I can't give away all my secret sauce, but we've got some things up our sleeve. We're not too worried. Um, we're just doers. We make things happen. All right. I like that. I like it. Well, hey, thank you, Diego, for coming on our podcast. We do appreciate it. That was an excellent interview, and I'm excited to see kind of the state of your franchise and how it turns out. And I uh, wanted to offer you any closing statements moving forward uh, for the rest of the season, second half of the season. Yeah, closing statement. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to kicking everybody's ass. Um, I see a lot of injuries on the uprise for a lot of other teams. Uh, I see a lot of amateur moves being made. Um, you guys got to think, think about deep season. I know a lot of you guys haven't been in the true deep season yet. You know, some of you guys, <laughs> I don't even know if some of you guys have made the playoffs yet. I don't even know if some of you guys have ever gotten past the first round of the playoffs. Hey, um, Diego, have you ever won a championship? You know, we've got the AFC <laughs> championship in our belt. Just like there's an NFC championship in someone else's belt. But then we get the big one. You remember who you lost to in that game? I've, I've lost a couple of those big games, you know. You might but the most important one, do you remember it? It was to me. It was to me. I, you know, we don't we don't look at the past, and especially when it's history that far. You know, maybe that's the most true. important one to me right was, now is David. It was ten years I, ago. I, I think there's literally like eight people in the league that that season, and uh, the was, one that really stung me last six. year was the one with David. That one really stung with David. I remember also when Olay beat me. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh man, you've had quite yeah. a. Yeah, you're right. You have a rich history. And uh, we look forward to seeing how the rest of this season plays out for you. Maybe you continue that. But like I said, excited to see it. Appreciate you. Hey, you know what? I'm really looking forward to as well uh, the next time we get together and get fucked up. (laughs) Appreciate you sticking it out for the past 10 years with us, man. It's been awesome. Hopefully things turn around for your team. Uh, Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, so I'm about to fly out to Denver right now and talk to some more managers out there. See you guys later. Make it happen. Later, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Diego. Shout out to you for coming on ESFFL, the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to having you back maybe another time. But that is all for the episode this week. Thank you all for coming back and listening to another episode of us just randomly talking about our fantasy league. I know for a lot of you, you're not in this league, but we We appreciate you listening anyway. And I know that we've received some compliments from some listeners that even though they don't follow football, they enjoy listening to us talk about it. And they're really getting an idea of how fantasy football works. So shout out to all of you. We love you. Thank you. Enjoy your week. Have a good one. Good luck on your fantasy week. Goodbye. Goodbye.